0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and today we're hearing from Levi Carey of Pulling Feathers. Um, If you haven't listened to his podcast, Pulling Feathers, it's a great one. Um, He actually records every Wednesday night live on Instagram, and he has some great guests, and he's an entertaining man himself. So I want to thank Levi very much for jumping on the podcast. It was a pleasure hearing his stories. He has some great ones. Um, And I'm not going to steal any of his thunder, as usual. So why don't we go ahead and just kick this thing off and let Levi tell you his stories? All right, Levi, welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. How you doing, brother?
1: Doing great, man. It's uh, I got to say, it's a little different being on the other side of the microphone, you know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know why I'm nervous. I do one of these every week myself. So <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And you've got some great
0: guests. Well, you know what? Why don't we kick this thing just right off with introducing the folks to you and your podcast. So who, who are we talking to?
1: Uh, my name is Levi Carey. Uh, I am the host and owner or whatever you want to call it of uh, <laughs> Pulling Feathers podcast. And uh, yeah, I just do my thing live every Wednesday and then put the podcast available for download on all platforms. Uh, usually the next day, uh, sometimes things get in the way <laughs> and uh, they don't get put out. But, you know, I'm always out on uh, those Wednesday nights and stuff and just have a pretty free flowing podcast, you know, and sit there and drink beers and all that stuff. So, but that's enough about the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it caught my attention, man. I know that we've had a similar
0: guest, Armando uh, from the bow hitch. That guy's amazing. And I, when he shared that link, I gave it a listen and and you've got a good, Thing going, um, great background, nice. right? I'm looking at it right now. The listeners can't see it, but uh, I like what you're doing, man. So keep it up. I, I knew that I wanted to have you on the podcast as soon as I started listening to you. So thank you very much for for joining, man. I really do appreciate it. Um, especially like like most people, you know, I only had to ask once, and you jumped at the uh, the opportunity. So thank you.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Anytime I can talk hunting and, uh, you know, especially if I can skip work and go hunting, you know, that's uh, that's right up my alley. (laughs) That's awesome. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your background, man. Obviously you, you have a
0: a hunting podcast, but like how long have you been hunting and where are you located? Just give us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I, uh, from Northwest Wyoming lived here, born, raised here my whole life. Um, started hunting at 12 years old. Um, that was when dad would first let anybody go out with him. And that's the first time you're legally able to hunt up here in Wyoming and stuff. So, uh, grew up predominantly chasing, uh, Western big game, elk, mule deer, you know, that stuff, uh, antelope or pronghorn, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just, that's what I grew up doing. And then later on in life, I got into waterfowl hunting as well. And that just took me by storm. Uh, and, uh, now I'm a, a waterfowl guide on the side. I've, I, I okay. make uh call. I've made calls on my lathe. Uh, yeah. When it comes to waterfowl hunting, I really love that. But recently I've just gotten really big into archery elk hunting or archery hunting in, in general. So, yeah, yeah that's uh that's my new addiction now (laughs) that's awesome man yeah
0: archery elk hunting is my addiction even though i'm not very good at it but i'm trying really hard to be good at it um i've heard a lot of western big game hunters say that uh you know waterfowl hunting is the dark side and you just when you convert you just don't come back so it's funny it's
1: it's there (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I think I, I just told you um, and the listeners on this, but I'm about to go on my first ever duck hut. So we'll see. I'm not going with anyone. I'm going to wing it and pun intended. Right. And just try and figure out right. how to put some ducks down. So uh, I've invited some people and they're like, do you have like a bird dog? And I'm like, and I think I'm the bird dog this trip. So we'll just, uh I'll figure <laughs> it out, man.
1: You know, you're really addicted when you go get your first bird dog, man. And, uh, yeah. it, there's nothing like watching your dog work like it. That is awesome. I would, yeah. I'd rather do that than shoot most days. You know, that's one reason I, I enjoy doing the waterfowl guiding is I get to watch my dog work and do all yeah. sorts of crazy fun stuff so <laughs> that's cool that's super cool man all right well you know why we're here we're here to hear some of your
0: favorite hunting stories so i don't know if you have anything in particular that you want to kick us off with but set the stage brother where, where are you what are you hunting and go for? well that-
1: i i think i'll just start off just because it was so recent um it was uh what a few weeks ago uh during archery season um up here in northwest wyoming chasing elk uh i've i've worked my butt off the past year um shooting my bow went and got a new bow all of that stuff um what kind and, of bow? uh been uh, i got a matthews v3 31 inch riser um or axle to axle length and stuff love love the bow i i upgraded from like yeah. this old uh what the heck is it um oh this old pse that's from like 1982 <laughs> uh, older than you yeah, are, i'm probably. looking at it Yeah. Oh yeah. It is older than me. Um, and stuff. So I upgraded from that. Just, I, you know, so much of archery is confidence. Right. Uh, and I've been shooting three dozen arrows since I bought the bow, you know, really putting in the work, going to a mountain archery fest, you know, doing, doing that stuff. And, uh, finally like, Oh, you know, it was my last day for elk hunting, but, um, we'd been hitting the Hills hard and encountering elk and over the past couple years prior i've been chasing this giant bull with no luck mixed missed a 60 yard shot but um this year i finally um my dad and i are just sitting around and we hear a bull chirp off you know and okay that was that was cool that sounded legit let's just chill out and wait and see if it's like really a bull and uh about five minutes later he rips off another bugle and dad and i look at each other okay that let's let's go let's let's do this so we uh we grab all of our crap. We go into the woods a little bit, you know, just a little bit deeper. And, uh, I rip off a bugle and he instantly responds and I just, okay, dad, um, it gets thick in here. I'm just going to go in by myself. You, you chill out right here. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, yeah, you got it, man. You got it, man. And, uh, it was super thick timber. I was really surprised and especially at the amount of down timber that was inside, like the, uh, The mature green pines like it was really really surprising uh and uh there was quite a few marshy spots and stuff like that i remember jumping over a log and like sinking to my knees in mud and Uh. just wondering where the heck that came from (laughs) but um i so i rip off another bugle and and he almost cuts me off and then to my right i hear another bull bugle and i'm like oh well, this is like a convenient problem to have. Like, <laughs> yeah, two elk. Well. what do I do? You know, um, I've grown up elk hunting my whole life, but never really this chasing elk during archery stuff. And, but I, you know, I know how to elk call. I was on the radio one time when I was a little kid, googling. And stuff. But anyway, so I'm sitting back thinking and I'm like, which bull should I go after? Should I go after the one that I heard first or should I go after the one to the right that sounds a little closer? I say, screw it, go for the one that's closer. He's here. And I I start kind of charging in after him. And I I start progressing on him and and things just start to not sound right, you know? And uh, uh. <laughs> like, man, this uh this sounds like another hunter, you know, real tubey. And when they started uh, cow calling, it just frankly sounded like shit. Um, so I said, <laughs> "But I, I just got to rule it out, you know. Uh, that's that, leave no question." So I get to where I'm about fifty. 60 yards away from where they're calling from and i'm looking at my phone and i can see that there's an edge of a clearing right there and i'm not very far away so i kind of get low and i can see through the bottoms of the trees like the sunlight shining through from the meadow and about that time i see a guy bend down with his bugle tube and rip up you know and do his bugle and i was like okay well i'm thinking that bull has been calling back and forth to both of us the whole time so I feel as though I can make a lot more movement really fast on the real bull if if uh if I can go silent, right? Yeah. So I yeah. rip off a of bugle um to make it sound like this bull is like pushing cows away and I'm doing my cow calls and chirping and making it sound like this bull's pushing cows away to keep them bugling. And so then I made it, you know, I don't know, another hundred yards away from where they were at. And I just shut up and I just hauled balls to where that the real bull was. And, uh, pretty soon I get to where I'm like, I have 75 yards from, from where that bull's at. And I'm like, man, I know he's here. Where the heck is he? I mean, it's thick, but it's not that thick. I'm in kind of an open ish spot. Yeah. And it just occurs to me like, Oh, he's up above me. And I look up and he's up on this hill that I can just barely see his legs shining through the trees and stuff. And, uh, I'm like, okay, sweet. He's here <laughs> hide behind the tree. And I'm thinking to myself, he's expecting to be able to see a cow or a ball right now. Like he, sh- in his head, he's thinking, where are they? So I do another one of those, like, screw it. Why not? It's only cannot work. Right. Um, yeah. So I kind of turn my head away, angle my bugle tube behind me, rip off the bugle, do a few cow calls. And then I do the same thing, but make my bugle quieter. And I'm trying to stay in the same spot, but make it sound like a bull is walking off and it Lord and behold it, it works. Uh, I kept doing the loud cow calls and he comes down the hill glunking. I mean, hearing that glunking is awesome. Uh, yeah. Bugling, you know? And so I just, I sat back and thought, okay, this is what you've been working for. You need to breathe. And one thing my dad's always yelled at me when I'm like, you know, shooting at stuff, uh, he always yells, damn it, Levi, make it happen. Cause I always have a tendency to screw shots up. And so it's usually the follow-up <laughs> shot that dad's damn yelling, it, Levi. damn it, Levi, make it happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I breathe deep and I'm like, okay, just pay attention, pull your arrow out of the quiver, nice and slow, you know, Make sure you cock veins up, blah, blah, blah. I walk myself through it. Um, I can hear the bull like pissing on himself. I am like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's got to be within yardage. So I like kind of peek out from behind the tree that I'm hiding behind. And um, he must have, must have walked like back away from me just a little bit. And he's sitting there. And I range him. He's 30 yards broadside. And I'm going, oh, yeah, Yeah. cool. (laughs) And he turns his head away from me and bugles. So I go, perfect. Pull back my bow. Settle in my 30-yard pin. Squeeze, 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 squeeze. I have never felt so composed about a shot in my entire life. I, I swear. Rifle, anything otherwise. I have never felt that calm. And collected and i just finally like right when that release went off it surprised me just like it's supposed to but it wasn't a good way to surprise me my bow blows up in oh my hand. no!
0: Oh yeah God.
1: i'm talking a 350 bowl i can send you pictures of it later from uh the night before i had seen him in the area yeah but yeah 350 six by six real dark heavy horn bowl Oh, nice white ivory tips God. this would have been my first ever archery elk and 350 bowl you know pushing one of my it would have been really close to one of my biggest bulls i've ever shot if not bit the biggest bull. yeah so uh oh, nothing much you can do man i i just uh and that's the new i bow just dropped to the ground it. brand new bow and i've been doing some research and stuff and uh well, first I took it to the, uh, the, um, bow shop, right. I'm like, what happened here? Cause it's not a NYX string. Like I didn't hit it with the broad head, you know, I yeah. knew that. Um, so I took it to the bow shop. They're like, yeah, something's messed up here. Um, I sent, uh, a string manufacturer an aftermarket string manufacturer pictures of the string and where it broke and all that stuff. And what everybody kind of comes to the consensus of, I can't remember the exact name of what they're called, but those little crimps that they put on your string for like added weight and balance and stuff. And then they put the shrink wrap over them. um, They must have nicked or kinked the bow string when they put those on originally and why it shows like at that time, After shooting it three, you know, three dozen arrows every single day all summer and everything, you know, why chose that exact time, dude? Like, who knows? I don't. It was, it's nuts. But um, anyway, so I'm I'm sitting around waiting for uh, new bow strings for my bow. Uh, I got to uh, just listen to that bull walk off, go up the hill, kept bugling the whole way. I uh, basically pouted the uh, entire way back to my <laughs> my dad, and my dad's going what happened man what happened like damn it Levi. He, <laughs> yeah he's he was all jack thinking it happened yeah you know um and i just uh i i i can't lie to you i i, I chucked my bow <laughs> uh, I <laughs> believe it. dude i i chucked that thing like what what's wrong what's gonna screw up anymore you know yeah. so what if i bust off my sight you know or something but yeah i chucked my bow at, uh when My dad's like, dude, what happened? And I chucked it and he's like, uh oh, (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Meanwhile, the bull's still, uh, the bull's still bugling and, uh, everything. So yeah, that's that story, (laughs) man. That's brutal. That is not, that did not take a turn that I
0: expected, Levi. That's, that's heartbreaking, man. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: (laughs) Hey man, it's just, uh, adding more stories to that book that, you know, I'm collecting basically for, uh when I finally do get my first archery elk kill, you know, I, yeah. I it was really awesome being able to get my first archery uh, animal this year, you know, spot and stock antelope, uh, you know, shot that, that buck at 50 yards. That was, that was great, you know? And so, and everybody just says, is like, Oh, you got the hard one out of the way. first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of days of
0: antelope hunting with my boat uh, this year and Jesus, it was hard. Give me a couple more days. I felt like I might've got there, but, Those those guys are, uh, I don't know the terrain you're in, but where I'm hunting in Southeastern Colorado for those antelope flat, Uh flat, flat, no topography, like just crawling through cactus. It was, it was hard. It was real hard.
1: It I've hunted in that kind of, uh, stuff, you know, before, you know, doing spot and stock, but I've got a really special tag that I, that I apply for and that I hunt, uh, antelope in and you actually get to chase them at 10,000 feet. Oh, um, cool. elevation up in the high mountains and stuff, but it's really wide open and yeah. they know where they're at and it's big rolling Hills. So, I mean, it's, it is hard to, to stock on them there. Uh, but, uh, you know, get it done and it's, it's a blast. It's so fun. So that's yeah, cool, that's, man. that's a good
0: spot. You reminded me of a, a part of a story. So I I've, uh, I've killed an elk with a muzzleloader um, but in this story, you were, you, when you said you just left your dad behind, my brother-in-law was with his father, and he does basically the same thing. He's like, Dad, sit here. I'm going to drop a pin, and I'll be back. And he just left <laughs> his dad there in the woods. And so his dad wasn't hunting, just came along for the experience. And the funniest thing about when he left his father there was his dad, with armed with just a cell phone camera, had videos of herds of elk walking by. <laughs> like, if they had just sat down right there – they, they would have had their choice at 15 different bulls. Like he was there for two <laughs> hours and probably saw 70 elk. It was
1: just absolutely oh. insane. So
0: I'll, I, I'll I wish my dad was with me because yeah. uh,
1: he, he had his crossbow, you know? So, uh, you know, I wouldn't have shot it with the crossbow myself but i could have you know because i i just don't want to do that after all the work i've put in with yeah with the compound i just don't want to go there uh because i had so many people say why didn't you go after him with your dad's crossbow and i just that's not the way i want to do it you know but by all means dad you know like he could have done it but he didn't he didn't even want to go in after him just because how nasty the down timber inside the timber was and stuff but yeah that's uh I don't do that very often to my dad, but in those certain situations where you just got to shit and get and, and make moves, that's the only time I really leave my dad. Cause I mean, we hunt in thick, heavy, you know, grizzly country. That's what we're chasing elk in, you know, and yeah. we've had a lot of run-ins with grizzly bears. I mean, this year we had one charge, uh, charge us in our, our Toyota four runner. you know geez yeah (laughs) you know came running right up to uh he stopped about um what was it about eight feet from the door and you know i got a we got electric windows, so you're like come on come on come on come on (laughs) all we heard was this freight train just coming through the timber and we're like what in the and we turn our heads and just Big old boar grizzly just hauling butt at us. And yeah, he runs the windows and they don't go up fast enough. <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. You're you actually, so the last recording I did was with Brittany
0: Kitchen and she, um, her and her husband hunt in North Alberta. And, uh-huh. they, you know, same thing, man. Like on their own property, they have grizzly bears charging them if they're within a couple hundred yards. It's, that's some terrifying stuff. And then in Canada, you can't even have a sidearm. So they're sitting there like, what, uh-huh. how do I even defend myself here? So you go bow hunting, you have to carry like a giant rifle with you. Cause you can't just have a pistol. So it's, yeah. yeah. Geez. G bears are scary, bud.
1: G bears are, um, but that's why I hunt where I do because uh, it keeps kind of people away. You yeah. know, uh, I could go hunt another mountain range. that's just on the other side of me here. And I, you know, there's no grizzly bears there, but it's full of people. So I'd rather go play with the grizzly bears that might knock my block off you know, then, then go mess around with people. But I mean, that, that does remind me of a story that I was planning on telling you, um, back when I was a younger kid, uh, I, I was, uh, I think I was 15. We, um, my uncle had shot a, a giant, uh, bull. He ended up, uh, scoring, uh, what was it? Four Oh two and five eights Ooh. or something Ooh. big Ooh. Eight, yeah. eight by nine, bull, eight by nine bull big. Oh, bull. Wow. Um, and this is back when they had like a late season tag. So you got to hunt the migration and stuff like that of elk coming out of the Yellowstone park. And anyway, it's, it's like late November, almost maybe early December. Boo boo's supposed to be sleeping, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we, that was the, the last and the best year that we had. Uh, we ended up killing, um, seven bulls in three days. Everything was six pointer better. Jeez. Um, it was, How many it was fantastic. Uh, that was all seven of us filled. Okay. Cats. Wow. Um, yeah. And we're back in the back country on horses and, and everything. And so my uncle was the second one to kill that morning. Then right after my uncle shot that bull, my dad and I hauled, butt across this other Ridge, seeing some other elk coming out of this this drainage we hauled butt over to another ridge my dad and i doubled that's where i shot my first bull um my dad and I. it was awesome got to sit there and count three two one and both of us shot and dad was a jerk and picked the bigger bull um uh, not like <laughs> not, not like mine's anything to complain about uh he's i i'm spoiled by shooting him but um yeah So, so because the hole that my uncle's bowl was in, he was like, we're like, we'll pack him out tomorrow. He'll be fine. You know, we, we quartered him up and caped him out and everything. And we'll come back in the morning and pack him out. We've got other elk to pack. Um, so the entire horse ride back in the next morning, it had snowed fresh the night before we're cutting grizzly bear tracks on the trail and we're like, Oh, great. You know, this is a big, this is a big boar. You could tell wow. just a big, big bear. Um, Sure enough, right where our horse tracks turned down to go to, to my uncle's bowl, his, his feet were in the same exact tracks from the night before. So we're going, okay, everybody get ready. Well, m- my, my father and uh my uncle and all the rest of my family and family friends in their, uh, their, their, their great wisdom. The only person that had oh, a a gun was my 12-year-old brother. He's <laughs> he's the only one with the gun. And Walking what's he down, carrying? Uh it, it was a scoped rifle, and it was, I think, a 30 odd six uh Ruger uh M77 Mark two. Gotcha. So um not a 22. So that's good. Not a 22. (laughs) At least it's a a big boy gun. Right. (laughs) But it's scoped, you know, like trying to get a bear that's charging at you in a scoped rifle, like good luck. Um, So we're, we're going down there and pretty soon the carcass itself basically starts moving and we're like, Oh, Hey bear. Hey bear. The bear turns around and starts bluff charging us. My dad's best friend, he's basically my other uncle, right? Uh, He climbs this burnt tree that had no limbs. He's like up in it, like 12 foot high. (laughs) Like he just shimmies (laughs) up it, like, like super fast. My brother, like as Shane is, his name is running past. My brother cracks a shot off, like, um, like barely misses Shane as he's running by to go climb up the tree. And it's just like just this flash of just crazy going on. Right. Um, so we ended up uh, pushing the bear off and, and that excitement's over. But um, we get over to the where the kill site and the, the bear had taken the carcass and dug up all that frozen ground and piled up on it, pissed and shit, did his thing. But one of the craziest things that I I've ever seen was he took that bull's head, flipped it upside down and sunk the horns in clear up to its thirds Wow. in frozen ground. Like the, the precision for him to flip it like that and then also to shove it, like the strength to shove it in that frozen ground was, was insane. But, I mean, that was one of the biggest grizzly bears that I've, I've ever seen was that bear there you know, God. so how much, how much meat did he get into? Like how much of the, of the elk was, was wasted? he, he, he took it all. Cause oh, everything, no I mean, he, he pissed and shit on everything. You know, we weren't, we didn't tie our stuff up like we were supposed to, but I mean, it, it was end of November. You're not really thinking of bears at that yeah. time. You're thinking everything's fine, you know, and there's enough snow and it had been cold enough plenty long that you're thinking we don't need to worry about bears. And so, yeah, we didn't really worry about that, and that was that was before the introduction of wolves too. That if that doesn't tell you how long ago it was, so, but yeah, that was back in 05, actually. Wow, man, that's crazy. So your uncle just basically got out of there with the head, head, they and were, cape.
0: or did he have to wait for the the ground to thaw and pull that thing out
1: at, in the spring? <laughs> <laughs> we got it out. Um, I don't re- really remember how much work it took getting it out, but. I think we went to go help work, uh, help, uh, get other, another elk ready, you know, to pack out and stuff. We just went down there because we're busting bear tracks and stuff, you know, let's all be together for this and, yeah. and everything. So yeah, I went, I remember getting, going back out. I think we we're getting, uh, more meat ready for, to pack out. Cause, uh there wasn't anything to really pack out there aside from my head. <laughs> Jeez, man. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I have no experience with grizzly bears or wolves, but
0: that'll probably change. I we, I talked about this in my last podcast, you know, wolves are coming to Colorado, so I'm sure I'll have some experience uh, with them somewhere or another.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that says, kill them all. I'm just not, they're here. Let's just manage them. You yeah. know, that's, that's all you can do and stuff. And they're, they're here already. So, yep. um, that's all you can do. And that's what we need to do with the grizzly bears. You know, it's, they're, they're so thick this year. I have heard about more grizzly encounters from more people than I ever have, you know, and I, and I, I listen for stuff like that. And, yeah. um, you know, a, as many encounters as I kind of have most of the time I feel as though, uh, I'm the anti bear. Like I don't have a whole lot of bear encounters myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I said that too many times on my podcast this year, and that's where I had like three different bear encounters elk hunting this year. So <laughs> yeah, man, jeez, we'll, we'll, we'll blame it on the population just rising so much. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think we necessarily
0: need to, to just shoot every one of them, but I don't think that politics should be involved. I think it should just be biologists. It should be science-based.
1: Like yeah. yeah. Science-based conservation. That's what it Absolutely. all should be in in my mind. But Absolutely. yeah,
0: <laughs> I've got more <laughs> well,
1: stories if you want, dude. <laughs> yeah,
0: man, keep them coming. I was going to say, we got off track. We don't need to talk about politics and, and you know, all that stuff. So <laughs> give us your next story. Well, you want to go big game? You want to go waterfowl? You tell us, bud.
1: You know, I've got, I've got some okay waterfowl stories. They're just nothing near as I think cool as some of the big game stuff. You know, I, I, uh i guess ju- I'll, I'll give you one just on my dog uh because uh because it was a really cool experience um i guess i don't know very m- if a lot of your listeners are waterfowl hunters or not or people that run dogs but if if you've trained dogs or have your own hunting dogs you'll you'll kind of sympathize why I, was, I had my proud dad moment um last year was my dog sprig uh named after a uh the sprig of a pintail duck, you know, the little feather. And, um, we, uh, it was his first year hunting and I took him out on my dad's birthday. Like we always do. when we go, we go duck hunting, shot a goose. Um, and he went down, but he was still alive. Uh, he was in a heavy current river and there was a, a bunch of snags in the river that basically like put him in like a perfect little, uh, Uh, he was protected perfectly. I sent my dog after him and I sent him downstream. That way he wouldn't get pushed into the logs and the log jam and stuff. He ended up, uh, I I was going to try and call him back off of that retrieve because it did look so dangerous. But about that time, he just dove underneath the logs. And I mean, he's a pup, you know, dove underneath the logs, uh, black lab, Okay. But just a pup, you know, he dives underneath the logs, pops up, grabs this goose that's only got a broken wing by its neck, pulls it back underneath those logs, comes back up on the other side and just comes the entire way across the river. And I've just never been so jacked, you know, <laughs> for my dog. It was, yeah. it was just one of those cool things like a young pup like that having the drive and, and seeing what he, what he can do. And, and he figured it out on his own. That's something
0: That's I couldn't awesome. teach.
1: That's so cool, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a my hunting buddy bought
0: a uh, a, a birding dog. He has a wired haired pointed griffin. Like paid a bunch of money, good breed, uh-huh. really good looking dog. And um, it's good to hear your stories about your dog just figuring it out because his dog's terrified of water. And he's just like, what am I going to do with this dog? Like, <laughs> he's He paid all this money to go bird hunting and this dog will not even put a foot in the water. So he's going to hate me telling that story, but uh, it's good to hear that some <laughs> dogs just are naturals. And, and unfortunately there are some that maybe just aren't made for it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And at least he went the right way with, I mean, theoretically on breeding, you know, sounds like he did just by paying the amount of money, <laughs> you <laughs> know, but, yeah. uh, the yeah, he has dog a lot a, to do when he goes into looking yeah. at dogs. Yeah, oh, I'm sure, that's man. a wire-haired Griffon for you, man. Like yeah. just, they're they're spaz spaz dogs, but they can be great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a nice nice enough dog. I, I think that he'll try and get him into like quail and some of that more you know non water related or bird hunting. Yeah, yeah. some of that upland game stuff. So. And that's
1: more what that's more what he's bred for too. His more upland okay. stuff.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. News to me. Like I said, I've. Uh, no experience with uh with any bird hunting other than turkeys uh and i've i'll put down a turkey put down plenty of turkeys but i need to need to learn everything else
1: i'm the opposite man i've only killed a handful of turkeys but i love it i love turkey hunting man it's it's a blast
0: (laughs) turkey hunting so much fun i don't know if i've told this story but i'll tell it again i so this last year i killed a turkey with a uh with a what with a 270
1: (laughs) Oh wow!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was in Texas, and uh, I have a friend who has land. It's a small sliver of land, long, very narrow. So, uh, but there's access deer on it. So I'm there hunting axis deer, uh, uh-huh. and I've got my bow, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna bring my rifle. You know, like, I can't really go that far, so I can bring both with me because I'm not gonna miss an opportunity if something shows up. So I. I Take the whole property in and I walk up and down, and there's no real sign of access. I've got some calls, nothing's really happening. Um, but I realized there's a fair amount of turkeys. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put up some turkey decoys. So I throw some decoys outside of my uh, little pop up blind that I have there, and, and I'm calling, and, and I get some calling. Nothing really happens that morning, but I walk around again and, and I have a couple other stupid encounters. It's hard to call with a slate call and your bow, as it turns out. So I made some mistakes there.
1: Uh, That that makes sense. (laughs) I I never thought of it that way, but it does totally make sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sitting here like trying to like hold my bow under my arm and I'm trying to use the slate call. So I need to learn how to use a (laughs) mouth call. Well, but that's, that's for another day. Uh, But I eventually go back to the blind and I'm like, this is dumb. I'm just going to get out of here. Like I need to go do something else. So I'm wrapping up my hunt. So I just Rick on the slate call you know Tip, dip, 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 and the, the gobbler goes off and so I, I just basically dive into the blind when i was about to pack up and just take off so in there is already my rifles in there i get there he pops up range him it's about 50 yards so i pull back up <laughs> yeah I, I pull back on my bow and i'm like all right i i feel confident in the shot i've been shooting a lot the problem is i've never really shot through a lot of brush and there's a fair amount of grass between me and him so i'm like. I need him to just step forward. He he he's not anywhere near my, my uh, decoys. I'm just hoping he's just going to come right in. And so he and I I'm full draw. I'm full, it feels like 15 minutes. It's probably a minute and a half, 2 minutes. Nothing too crazy. But he never he never makes that move. And I again, I have a slate call. Now I'm at full draw, so I'm not making any more calls at this point. I'm just waiting for him to make his move. Eventually, he sort of drops down behind this little ridge. I'm like, "Oh no. No." So I I put the bow down. Set it down to one side of me. Pick up the slate call again, and he he puffs right back up. Um, and now he's probably like sixty-five yards. And I'm like, well, I was about to quit, so I might as well just do this thing with his rifle. And so we're in Texas; it's totally legal. So I pull my rifle up. I didn't even think about the zoom. I'm like times ten. So I'm like just whole turkey in my scope. <laughs> I'm like I can't, I can't make take that shot. I can't even see what I'm shooting at. So I, I crank it down, you know, times three and boom, and I just dropped him, just high back, didn't ruin any meat, um, and he was just gone immediately. So I never thought I'd shoot a turkey with a 270, but when the circumstances there,
1: you know, it's just. Right? This is what you got oh. to do. Yeah, you got to get it done. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> 270, man. <Yeah. So, laughs> but
0: all the meat was good. I, I, uh, it was delicious. I packed it up, threw it into my uh, my cooler, and, and went on my way, finished my hunt exactly as I uh, was planning on doing. So
1: that's perfect <laughs> yeah it's, i've killed that's, i've killed turkeys awesome.
0: with my bow with a shotgun with a rifle it's just uh every time i go out not every time i go out but every season i've come home with a with a turkey so it's uh seems to be my my good luck charm because i can't seem to kill anything else <laughs> <laughs>
1: well <laughs> yeah that's that's not bad at all yeah I, yeah I wish i could make it happen a little bit more often with the turkeys but uh i don't know if i just hunt high-pressured you know birds or or what but they they seem to out trick me that's for sure yeah you know turkeys are a funny one it's they're such a dumb animal and they outsmart you
0: every time you know like oh that's what drives me nuts yeah (laughs) they're just gonna let you know exactly where they are no matter what and you still can't get them it's just infuriating Mm -hmm. but
1: Oh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh,
0: <laughs> it pisses me off every time <laughs>
1: that's for sure <laughs> cool uh, what other
0: what other stories got for us levi what other big game stories stand out in your uh in your oh, years of hunting
1: yeah here's uh I, when you say it that way it makes me feel old but i know i'm not that old um <laughs> <laughs> you know i got a lot of years left hopefully uh i don't know i i guess i sent you a picture of that that buck that i had shot and stuff so i kind of tell you the story of uh of that buck i'm pretty sure i sent you those pictures anyway uh maybe I'd i'm intending sure. maybe i'm intending on sending it to you
0: <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> <laughs> well send them our way and we'll, we'll post them so that everybody can see the buck you're talking about but yeah tell us <laughs> tell us about it
1: well um so uh another late season story right uh rifle of course um it's a really hard tag to draw up here in Wyoming. It's like a 0.5% chance to, to draw this tag. And, uh, I've been lucky enough. Yeah. As a resident, um, I've been lucky enough to have this tag three times in my life. Um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I've never killed anything huge with it. Uh, with that tag, it was always just, you know, a, a decent buck. Uh, but this year, you know, my, my dad and I are, uh, we're getting ready to go hunting and and stuff. And dad's saying, you just gotta be really picky this year. This is probably the last time you're ever going to have the tag. You know, it's just, just you're older now time to time to really be a hunter. So I go up opening day by myself and, uh, I'm up on this big Ridge and, just kind of somewhat road hunting and spotting. Uh, I wasn't thinking of that. I was going to really see much being opening day. And, you know, yeah. you really wait for the migration to come through yet again. Um, and I get out of uh, my pickup and I'm doing some glass in it and I just see this just huge, perfect framed, you know, uh, four by four with brow tines, just big buck. And I'm, I'm talking like his, his force are deep, real deep. Um, I ended up having cell service. I called my dad and I'm like, dad, you know, explaining the buck while I'm looking at him. I'm like, you know, he's, he's just barely outside of his ears, you know, so that, you know, 30 inches or so. Um, but I mean, he's really tall, nice, nice, deep forks explaining it to him. And my dad's like, yeah, yeah, Levi. Well, you know, it's opening day and this is a really good tag. You know, there'll be other deer, you know, just you're, you're fine. Uh, if I were you, I'd just hold off. All right, dad thinking, geez, like, this is one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen. Like, whatever, dad, my dad was thinking I was exaggerating. I, you know, I was just fired up, you know, he thought I was exaggerating about how big this buck was. So I, uh, ended up sneaking in to this buck and getting like within 50 yards of him. I snap a picture of him and, uh, I didn't have enough service like to send my dad the picture and uh actually that was before my dad had a cell phone too so this is all over like me talking to him on his like landline so that's what it was i couldn't show couldn't send him the picture um i get back that evening and i'm like dad this is the buck and you could just see his face just like sinks and he's like um (laughs) yeah uh there there'll be other deer levi There'll, there'll be other deer you'll yeah you did a did the right thing. And I could totally tell he's like lying through his teeth. He's just trying to make me feel, feel better. And you know, he, he felt responsible for making me pass up on this buck and he was a stud. Um, the rest of the season, we are just striking out. We're just seeing like little two points and I'm just, you know, secretly in the back of my head, I'm pissed at my dad. freaking pissed, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but all I want to do is, is kill deer with my dad. You know, that's, what I like doing is shooting stuff with my dad as, as much as I can. Um, so I finally convinced my dad, I was like, let's, let's go on a hike on this, you know, the tried and true spot up above the cabin and we'll walk this, this rim. And we're walking this rim and like the 1988 fires that Yellowstone had burnt right up to the edge of our, our family friend, Shane, like I talked about earlier in our, in that other story it burnt right up to the edge of his cabin and stopped. uh anyway so we're kind of behind that and up on this big this big peak and we're up on this rim rock and we're we're walking and glassing and hiking and pretty soon i just see this just huge buck and i'm dad 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 and he goes oh yeah that's the one (laughs) we need to kill him and so we're trying to figure out how to get on him because he's he's like probably 450 yards, you know, and, and that's a little further out shot than I'd, would, I'd would like to take. Um, so we're, we're trying to figure out how we can sneak in on him. And pretty soon he just like hides, like he just disappears, you know, like, like big old bucks will do. He just disappears on us. My heart sinks. I'm, I'm like really sad, <laughs> you know, Yeah, dad's like, Oh, it's okay. You know, we're, we're eating. He's like, let's just sit down and eat lunch. We eat lunch. Go looking around a little bit more, and don't ever find him. So we got to go back to where our uh, where our horses are, and we got to water and feed them. And we're driving back up the cabin road after doing that, and I just see this. You know, as a, you, you always sit there and daydream about things like you know, yeah, how cool would it be? Like there he is, he's right there. You know, <laughs> right in the road, dude. No kid, no, no kidding. He's he's raking the crap out of these aspen trees just beating the piss out of them and i'm like dad stop that's that's him and dad's like oh shit that's that's the buck so we're trying to figure out what the heck to do we end up parking the truck uh back at the cabin i walk around and sneak underneath the neighbor cabin's porch front porch <laughs> <to> sneak underneath <laughs> his porch to try and try and uh, get an angle on this buck but he disappeared again. He went back in through those Aspens the rest way. I'm like, this is not happening. Like he, he's not giving me the slip this time. He's, he's gotta be trying to move up and I I can head him off because there's a big rim rock there. So I, I swing back around, I go just below the rim rock and I'm hauling butt. And, um, me and my dad are, are sitting there and we can see some does starting to file out. Okay. He's going to be with those does. We, uh, he's going to be in the back. Let's sit up and wait for it to come. Well, sure enough, here comes the bull, the, not the bull, the buck. Uh, I pull up, shoot, miss, pull up, shoot, miss dad. This is where dad came in and said, damn Damn it. it, Levi, Levi." make it happen. I'm (laughs) on the last shell. This is my very last shell in my gun. Pull the trigger, hit him. He like rears up, up, uh, vertically and just tips over backwards and just starts kicking. And I can't see him. You just see some Aspen thrashing and I turn at my dad and, you know, I'm not really usually a loud person when I, when I kill an animal, but boy, howdy dad and I were hooting and hollering. We <laughs> end up getting down there and taking bit these pictures and, you know, uh, we're, we're big, tough guys, you know, but when something happens like that, uh, my dad's gonna kill me. uh You know, my my dad my dad gives me a big old kiss on the cheek. You know, yeah. like, that a boy son. You know, like proud dad moment and, yeah. and stuff. So uh, there's nothing wrong with I, that. I, I've man. actually got. We've
0: been we've been doing these stories for a while, and everybody's they've got tears, they've got kisses, they got hugs. The emotions are overwhelming oh, yeah. at these moments, man. So there's nothing to be embarrassed about.
1: <laughs> I've actually got a picture of that happening, like of your dad it giving you the kiss. Like some <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like some cheesy like high schooler like selfie looking thing like, you know, with him and his girlfriend and one kissing him on the cheek. That's what it it looks like, but it was totally candid. It wasn't planned. Like your dad do that again? No, it was totally candid. But I got it on on picture, and I've actually uh, I've got it printed off because that that yeah, that was a very special moment. You know, that's your, awesome. Your dad. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna need you to send me picture a, a of the deer. kid.
0: And your dad kissing yeah. you. I'm gonna need both of those pictures. <laughs> <All> right.
1: <laughs> I'll send them I'll send him both, man. But uh, he and he uh, ended up gross scoring. Um, what was it? Uh, I think gross 203 and some odd nice. eights. But um, yeah, he's he's quite the buck. Um, like one of my my only shoulder mounted animal that I've got. Um, very proud. And and to top it off, dad was sitting there, and he's like man, I just, I really don't like where he's at. Like, it's going to be really hard to load him in the back of the pickup. And I look over at dad and I'm like, are you really bitching about the angle that you're, you know, we're going to have to throw him in the pickup because it's, it's going to be too like really hard. It's like, usually we're packed in like 10 miles (laughs) and we got (laughs) to, chop them up into little pieces to put them on the horses to get them out. I said, you're dead. Are you really bitching about loading them up hole in the truck? He goes, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I should shut up. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> <That's awesome. yeah. laughs> so was this the same buck
1: that you saw opening day? Or this t- is totally the same different totally different buck than the opening day buck way okay. different area. Um, I actually ended up getting pictures uh, from my banker. Uh, it's always good when you can drink whiskey with your banker. Um, (laughs) my banker actually, right. And he sent me pictures of this deer earlier on in the season. And he is, he was, um, eight air miles or, or as a crow flies, eight miles on a different ridge from where I, I killed him. Uh, but it's the same exact buck, uh, that, that uh, he had pictures of, but totally different deer from the opening day. Uh, Uh, This deer is, he's got a little bit more junk. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's not that quintessential, you know, four by four with brow tines that you think of, you know, that perfect frame buck. That's what, what the the day, the buck on opening day was, was that perfect picture, perfect buck. This buck has got so much character, you know, he's really cool got a big old roman nose you know he's even got a split in one of his ears and yeah he's just a cool old heavy horn chocolate horned buck and that's cool yeah man. <laughs> that,
0: that's a great story that's a great story i love i love the interaction with your dad i'm glad that you got it too because you guys may not still be as friendly as you are if you had you passed on that first one and you never got that second <laughs> one right
1: right exactly yeah it was <laughs> it was totally worth it now was like the first thing i told dad once we put our hands on that buck was like i i'm so glad that this happened with you because that was yeah. one of my biggest reservations of shooting that deer or wanting to shoot that deer on opening day was my dad wasn't there with me you know yeah. i had just gotten out um i just gotten out of being in a lot of trouble at that time to where i had lost my hunting privileges actually and i had just finally got my hunting privileges back so sure. i was just finally dipping my toes back into hunting it was sparked back inside of me and all i wanted to do was hunt with my dad you know it, it i i honestly could have killed a two-point buck that year and i would have been fine you yeah. know but um yeah it 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 was a good thing, I will say, just because, you know, uh, I'm sure that raised some questions for some people. But it was a good thing that I did get <laughs> in some trouble. Uh, that yeah. point in my life, it, it ended up saving my life in a way, you know. Um, well, that's so, good, man. Yeah, sometimes you got to get your yeah. wrist slapped
0: to get yourself straight straightened out a little bit. Oh,
1: buddy. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say I was, I was looking at a lot of time. <laughs> oh, Looking at 25, 25 years of prison is what I was looking at Um, for just doing something stupid. I heard that uh, a kid was going to shoot up the school, broke into his Jeep and stole his gun. So I got charged with aggravated burglary, oh, okay. um, you know, and, but I was headed down a bad road at that time. You know, I was, I was uh, into pills real bad and doing all sorts of different stuff and being a dumb kid. And yeah, you know, uh, so it, 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 I understand why you saved did my life.
0: Yeah, no, that, you no, know, that's crazy, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you got on the right, the right path. That being said, if I heard about a kid breaking into another kid's truck to take his guns away, and that kid was talking about shooting this place up, I'd be like, "Hell yeah, brother! Take that guy's guns." Well, so yeah, the, it's a, it's the cops didn't situations. believe me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the cops didn't believe me. I still broke the law, you know, and that's yeah. the way I see it. You know, I I still broke the law. I've got no qualms about it whatsoever. Um, but uh, yeah. How long were was, you not uh, allowed to hunt, man? Or how long did they take uh, away those privileges? Five years. Uh, so i had what they call a, uh, they had i had what they call a 501 uh not a 501 c3 <laughs> <laughs> uh 501 de- deferred sentence is what it's called so upon completion of probation um they would drop the felony charge and it would become a misdemeanor and i would uh i would get all my rights back i could vote i could have my guns all that stuff and uh so, yeah, after five long years of supervised probation, going in every month, if not multiple times during that month, taking a UA, you know, all that stuff. And during that time, I met my wife. During that time, I got on the fire department here locally. You know, I've been on that for 12 years now. Um, you know, it was, it was a very good turning point in my life, you know. And it turns yeah. out that my uh, my uh, lawyer at the time of everything going on was was uh, my my, uh, fire chief, you know, when I got on the fire department, you know, just small town crap, but, uh, Fire chief yeah. and
0: lawyer. Okay. And my lawyer <laughs> yeah, wears lots of hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's cool. That's cool, man. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it all worked out for you. I'm glad that you got that tag and had that moment with your dad. That's, that's really a cool story, man. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. I don't know if you want to share any more. We've, we've been going for a while and this has been a lot of fun. So <laughs> it's up to you if you want to keep going. I'm I'm more than willing Uh, to keep uh, listening or we could save (laughs) some for another day.
1: Let's, let's save some for another day, man. Uh, That way I can hopefully articulate a few more uh, stories for you and, and have them done up nice and good maybe they can decide if it's a story or it actually happened
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly cool well Levi then let's do this again let's tell the people where they can find you let's tell them about your podcast if you have anything else you want to share maybe the business card to your fire chief lawyer friend whatever whatever you want to (laughs) share man
1: Uh, he's actually a judge now is the funny thing (laughs) no way
0: is he still in the fire is he still the fire chief
1: no, he, he retired from the fire department, but I still okay. see him up hunting all the time. And, and yeah, yeah, Joey, he's a great guy.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so tell people about your podcast, your Instagram, whatever you want to share, man.
1: Yeah, so everybody can kind of check me out on, uh, mainly I run all of my stuff through Instagram. So if you've got Instagram, check that out. Uh, pull P-U-L-L-N. Feathers is kind of how I spell it because I'm a weird, dumb hick that way. And, uh, yeah, you can find, uh, you can find my podcast where you can listen to this one as well as like all the other major platforms and stuff, uh, part of the Waypoint network. So they, they really help put the podcast out onto all these different other platforms and stuff. So that's, that's, uh, what I do and stuff. And if you guys are interested in some, uh, small water kind of duck hunts and stuff that, um, we're kind of turned out to be famous for get on our books because we're booked out for two years. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, YouTube made us famous. Thanks to a company called dive bomb, uh, video in a couple of our hunts and stuff, but real skinny, skinny, tight, small water, uh, duck hunts is what we do. And it's called 307 foul play outfitters. And you can find us on, on mainly Instagram and, and Facebook and stuff and get a hold of, uh, my buddy Kurt and he's the guy that kind of runs all the booking and stuff but yeah
0: <laughs> awesome man i'll put i'll put a sh- uh, notes to all that stuff in the show notes so people just click on the link um cuz you gave us okay. a lot there you got the instagram the podcast <laughs> the the outfitting all of that stuff will be in the show notes folks so levi thanks man cool. this this was fun Thank this you. Was a lot of fun you had some unique crazy stories um and i'm excited <laughs> to have you back on here in the future and and hopefully hear some more bud
1: yeah For sure. Thanks for having me, man. I I really appreciate it. It's uh, always nice to switch sides of the desk or sides of the microphone from time to time and, you know, get on somebody else's stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. You're welcome back anytime. So thanks again, buddy. All right, guys, that's it. A couple more stories in the book. Uh, I want to thank Levi very much for jumping on the podcast. Uh, He's a super entertaining guy, and uh, his story about the elk where his bow blew up, uh, that that story hurt my soul. Um, So sorry, Levi. I'm sorry that happened to you. But uh, a lesson to everyone. Make sure your equipment is set up and ready to go for the season. Now, guys, uh, that being said, follow Levi uh, on Instagram. That's where he actually records his podcast every Wednesday nights. It's pull apostrophe n feathers podcast uh, his Instagram is where we're going to find him check him out enjoy what he's already put out there um, and then other than that guys thank you very much for tuning in I really do appreciate all you guys we're, we're growing steadily and so I want to ask just kindly if you could please share the podcast with more folks uh, we want to hear more people's stories we want more people to hear the stories and uh, only you sharing the podcast can get us there so follow us on Instagram and follow us on your favorite podcast platform whether it's Apple Spotify whatever it may be and share it Um, That's all I have for you today, guys. Thank you very much. Again, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, Levi, for jumping on and telling us your stories. Now you guys know what's next. Go out there and make some stories of your own.